Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. And oh boy, do we have a release this week. I'm joined by Hunter Heilman again, because you are the, the only one brave enough to watch Netflix's on. Yes Day starring Jennifer Garner. Um, so this, yeah. <laughs> what if we actually did that? Like, what if we did a four hour podcast on that movie? No, I don't. <laughs> no. Okay, I will say, I will give Yes Day an indirect compliment. Yes Day also stars Jenna Ortega, who is like a Disney Channel girl, but she was also just in a movie that I saw at South by Southwest called The Fallout, which won the Grand Jury Prize, and she's fucking fabulous in it. So I'll give her that. I'll well, give that movie one thing. Always worth looking on the bright side. And yeah. uh, speaking put, of the bright side. <laughs> her on the map a little bit more. So. so this week, as kind of hinted at last week, we're going to be discussing the Snyder Cut. Um, um excuse pr- me it's called Zack Snyder's Justice League okay 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 Wh- whatever we're gonna call it uh I promise this will not be a four-hour podcast even though the movie is a a lengthy four hours um I think we should first start with just discussing what this is I assume if you're listening to this podcast you you know what this is but at least in, in case a vague it, sense I would hope in a vague sense it's kind of a complicated story and I think I'm going to kind of give the Cliff Notes version of it, although I think there is a really informative piece on, I believe it was Variety, that kind of documented everything that kind of led up to this release. Yeah. Well, you could also, um, you could read uh, Charlotte Area Critic, Sean O'Connell has a book about it, if you're, like, really into Very true. that. Yeah, it's called Release the Snyder Cut, and, like, support, you know, North Carolina critics. Exactly. Um, you know, the short version is, this is director Zack Snyder's director's cut of his Justice League movie. Um, But that is a loose title compared to like the director's (laughs) cut of like Watchmen or um, like Batman vs. Superman. Zack Snyder can do a director's cut, honestly. You know, I'll give him a lot of crap for a lot of things, but he could put together a superior version of something. I'm going to just stop seeing his movies in theaters at this point. (laughs) So essentially what happened here, I mean, Snyder kind of helped establish sort of the house style for the kind of DC comic book movies with Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. And the post dark, the post no one DC movies. And in 2017 was gearing up to release Justice League. Um, which is kind of the the big event film that united a bunch of the, the DC superheroes in I believe it was May of 2017. It was right around the time they finished production on the movie. Um, Zack Snyder's daughter tragically took her own life, and Snyder, for personal reasons, decided to step away from the project to be with his family. Um, Warner Brothers brought in Joss Whedon, who complicated figure now, but you know at the time I guess that made sense as a business decision. Like I remember reading that and being like. I, I guess that makes sense. Like the guy who made two Avengers movies, they are going to bring in. Yeah. I mean, just... he did make the first Avengers movie, but he also made the second one. So we do not speak of, of 
the age. What is that one called? Age the of Age Ultron. of Ultron. Even though it takes place over the course of like a week, but it's it's cool. <laughs> uh, so yeah. essentially, Whedon is is brought on to initially the reports kind of indicated just sort of oversee post production, and I remember kind of later that summer all these stories coming out that Whedon's involvement was much, much, much greater than originally thought and that he was, um, you know, rewriting large sections of the movie and was directing uh, pretty extensive reshoots. And it should be mentioned that reshoots are kind of normal for like a movie this size, but yeah, the, the, it's the... not as, it's not as grim as a lot of people think it is. No, it's actually like funny when, you know, I feel like every blockbuster now, some story comes out and people are like, <gasps> reshoots are happening and there's always some critic like us who's like that's normal yeah and i remember when like rogue one was coming out they did a lot they did reshoots for that and everyone was like is it gonna be a failure and then it's like no it's the best movie that they've released under the lucasfilm banner in a while like they were just getting it right it's not always like a bad thing sometimes it is a bad thing in this case in justice league's case it was a very bad thing yeah, especially so, now everything we know about Joss Whedon, it's like, oh yeah, of course he wrestled this away from someone who, whose daughter just killed themselves. It's like, yeah, of course he would do that in like someone's weak moment. That's not surprising at this point. You know, it's just, it's just, yeah. I mean, I, I was never a big fan of the DCEU post no one, but like that's just that's fucked, man. Yeah, Joss Whedon, complicated figure now. Um. Essentially, the movie comes out, I think, like, fall of 2017. I remember seeing a press screening of it. And, you know, I, I think you and I are, are pretty agnostic about this this sort of stuff. So I, I just kind of remember seeing it and walking out and being like, that was a runny butthole. And just, I like, moving it. on with my life. I but... hate Justice League. I remember I sat near, I sat near Adam Frazier for that one, and it was just hilarious. But I thought it was just terrible i was like i went in with an open mind because like i don't like batman versus superman but i I don't either i'm not a hater of it like i'm not like that's awful i hate it so much there were parts of it i was like i could get into this just maybe not for the reasons that they're trying to convince me to get into it for the entirety of justice league i was like this is ugly and it's boring and it's rushed like why like why did we do this after two movies like marvel i mean i hate comparing it to marvel because that's gonna set dc fans off but it's also gonna set marvel fans off too because they hate being compared to each other but like marvel took their time they did a movie for almost every person in that you know in that group before they did the avengers and it only took four years like less than four years but this took four years from man of steel and they only got man of steel batman versus superman and they eked out wonder woman right beforehand no flash no cyborg no aquaman before this release i mean since then there's been you know aquaman and stuff but like at that point it's like oh my god we're introducing all of these characters in this movie that's not even two hours long yeah, I kind of remember at the time describing it to people as, like, a science fair project from a kid who clearly just, like, threw it together the night before. Like, yeah. e- even effect shots in the movie looking like, looked I don't know, like is, a PS- is that finished? It looked like a PS2 game. Yeah. I was like, I played that when I was a kid. 
I, I probably would be horrified of the review I wrote for it at the time, but I do remember my favorite little blurb I put in there was that Ben Affleck looked like the living embodiment of the I've made a huge mistake joke from Arrested Development. Yeah, um, I wrote a review for, I, I think, did I write it for both Niner Times and Culture? I think I might have, but I know I, I specifically remember writing one for Culture. I gave it a one out of five. I hated it. I was so mean to it. So mean that they brought in another critic for a second opinion article because wow. they were like, that's like, that was really like, that was way harsh tie. I was like, oh, okay. Sorry. But also like now everyone looks back at it and it's like, who was right in this situation? This I just remember around the offices the next day, like where I was working. I just remember telling know, everyone not to go see it. I was just like, don't. It's well, I remember like a, a bunch of people I worked with, like we all got invited to see it early. And the next day, like a couple people trying to defend it and me just being like, God, it's, it's, it's okay. Like we all saw the same thing. Like that, that looked bad. <laughs> it looked like it was unfinished and every actor in it looked like they were having a miserable time and like wanted to quit their job. <laughs> so Essentially, after that comes out, I mean, like I said, I think you and I are kind of agnostic about this sort of stuff. I kind of just like was like, well, they kind of hit rock bottom and then just sort of moved on with my life and thought of other movies coming out that fall. But I think for fans of these comic characters and fans of Zack Snyder as a filmmaker, it 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 became kind of a rallying cry to, you know, start this movement to ask for the Snyder's quote-unquote true vision of the movie and that movement is complicated and I think we should get into like what that means for sort of like how that ties into fan culture and all this other stuff but it's the worst I mean not I mean not like I mean I get I get the thing but it's just like the, the the culture of it and the thing is it didn't exist before that like leading up to Justice League it was like there are a couple DC stands, but I feel like everyone at this point's just kind of over it. And then it happened. Like, you know, there was the emotional attachment with Zack Snyder's situation where it's like, God, that sucks. Like, that is just terrible. And it sucks that it ended up that way. But like, you know, it didn't feel like, you know, that consequential, I guess. And yeah. then, like, the release the Snyder Cut movement started like in what like 2018 2019 like yeah 2018 I, yeah is when and, i remember first seeing stuff about it and i remember just being like oh i was like my first thought was who cares like who like i don't need like i barely remember that movie yeah like other than that i hated it and it was it was something i just wrote off for a long time until i started seeing more people tweet about it, it was until i started seeing like snyder tweet about it and like gal gadot and like all of these people tweet about it i remember when they put that thing up in times square i was like okay um i guess we're talking about this now and like you know i just didn't i guess i just didn't get it at the yeah, time and I, because I, I think again there are, we're not in it yeah and i think there's aspects of that movement that you know are very genuine and positive Noble. and there yeah. are other aspects that were more toxic and like i said i want to i want to get into the nitty-gritty of that a little bit later but you know i think essentially where we're at now is the movement succeeded and partially due to warner brothers having this streaming service and hbo max and needing but to get also people harassment to... well 
I I have to admit I I think the I think it's like twenty five percent harassment and about seventy five percent like we have this failing streaming service and we need something like a big flashy thing and then so it's 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 kill two birds with one stone of yeah you know but I you know I. I think the outcome is mostly positive in the sense that like I I am not a big fan of Zack Snyder as a filmmaker but I am I'm glad that this man who had went through this tragic event in his yeah. life and was unable to complete this project because of that got to get some sense of catharsis in you know finishing this project that kind of fell out became, from under him yeah and, and like, kind of became his like symbolic baby yeah. at a point because it and just i believe it, most of the prophets are like going to suicide yeah. awareness and stuff so I, yeah. I i think i think where we ended up is great but um you know maybe a little later we can get into what what does it mean for how we got here if that makes yeah. sense well let's talk about the snyder cut movie as a movie um i'm curious what i think you and i are kind of on the same page of it Roughly, I think you're a little bit more positive on it than I am, but like, I, I it it fell kind of square in the middle for me. I was a little ambivalent to it all, but judging from where I started in terms right. of like absolutely hating every second of it, being ambivalent to it is kind of a miracle in its own right. Which in turn, I can imagine for people who were really into it, this has to feel like everything, right. You know, so um, it, it's not something that I probably would go out of my way to watch again. Like, I know that they have that, like, black and white cut coming. And I'll, you know, I think I can, I can skip that. I, I can skip that. But, you I'm know, good. you know, they can have fun again, you know. Isn't like, it already desaturated enough? Like, it really is. Like, I mean, that's the thing. That movie is not colorful regardless. Not saying that color makes a movie, but, you know, it's. It's more desaturated than the original was, right. which it it's a little it's less ugly though. I will say the original was like so sickly looking that it was like I don't get I, this. I, I went back and watched some clips this morning from the, the theatrical version, and it looks very like plasticky. And yeah, that's looking. what it is. This you know this one might be like you know a little. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. You know, just a little like gray and gloomy, but like. I think it it looks much better in terms of both like visual like visual effects are like night and day. Yes, definitely. You know, it actually is a very attractive looking movie at this point, which is which is good because like what it did look like was a little bit like I hate saying unacceptable because I'm not a filmmaker. I can't really say what's acceptable and what's not, but y'all y'all had time y'all could have done this like it, you, you spent 200 million dollars on this movie why does it look like this i think my emotions g watching it my my opinion kind of like changed very rapidly watching all four hours um i i have i have to say i think the best kind of like tweet length review of it was from uh matt singer who you know basically said on one hand, this this version is a million times better than the theatrical version. Like, no question. I mean, part of it's because the theatrical version is, like, almost unwatchable. But this is definitely, like, at least it is tonally consistent. It is, um, you know, from a, a basic storytelling perspective, I think, consistent 
Um, however, he also followed that up with, but I can also see why in the world Warner Brothers was like, we are a thousand percent not putting this version out into the world. Yeah, um, it's definitely... You know, like, I don't, I don't know how much money you're going to make off of a four-hour R-rated superhero Four movie in a... Yeah, box in like a square aspect. Probably would have released it in black and white if he could have, if he only had to have one version. Like, I, I, I see that definitely. I'm, I texted my, so I, I didn't watch it until yesterday because I've been mm-hmm. doing like, like South by Southwest stuff and things like that. But, um, I remember watching it yesterday. My sister's girlfriend had already watched it and was like, it's pretty good. And I'm like, I'll be the judge of that. And I remember texting her. I was like, the first hour is like a four out of five. I was like, it's, like yeah. the first hour i was like what this is insane it's so much better and the I, second I felt hour, the same way second hour and third hour were like three out of five i was like okay you're losing me a little bit but you know like you're still really like out here doing this and then the last hour i was like okay we're kind of back to not square one but we're getting we're getting back towards towards the not great territory and it just really got to that uh that messy level and how yeah. it wrapped everything up that i was just like oh oh no you have lost not all the goodwill but you've lost a decent amount of it because like you started so strong but i think after four hours of anything there's no way that you can make it feel like like you're just operating on the same level throughout it doesn't matter who you are if you're Zack snyder sometimes even scorsese can't do it it's just like you just it's tough and i think it's like a it's a terrible two hour movie it's like an okay four hour movie but i think it could be i think it could be a very solid three hour movie i'm not saying that there needs to be another cut of it no please not (laughs) i want this to be done with i will accept this i'll accept four hour version i think it is a good place to leave it if y'all are happy with it i'm happy with it but i i still think there's room for improvement however i think again it's also one of those things if they're happy with it if snyder's happy with it go for it like this you know i i wasn't a i wasn't a dc stand to begin with so i'm not like losing out yeah similarly to you the that that first hour and and i should say i i am someone who did not like snyder's two other dc property yeah. movies i i kind of detested man of steel and batman versus superman I, I think this is actually better than those movies. No, um, absolutely. If only because I think this movie, while very serious, I think isn't... I don't know. There's there's something about the tone of both Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman that I just found, like, utterly pretentious. And, yeah. you know, the kind of, like... I this This Justice League movie seems to sort of, like embrace the fact that it is taking like greek gods versus space aliens in like a straight manner versus like man of steel which was like what if every time superman fought it was like 9-11 all over again (laughs) and you know there's there's something kind of eye-rolling i find about batman versus superman and man of steel that is just like i don't know you're almost making this overly serious out of like to sort of justify 
its existence or it's justify super, its, its superheroes. The yeah, the dude's called Superman and yeah. Batman. You can only go so like serious with it. Like even the Nolan movies had some levity in them. Like yeah, it it sort of felt serious to the point of like removing any kind of fun from these yeah. properties. And and I could feel him having more fun this time. And similarly to you, that first hour I was like, this is this is good. Like this yeah. is genuinely good. Like, what if this movie's great? And I think I started to have problems into hour two and three as well as you did, mostly because I think I started to sort of see the kind of catch-22 misguided approach of this entire enterprise of, as you mentioned earlier, like, unlike what Marvel did with the avengers which is kind of like have these solo movies leading up to a big team movie like kind of like inconsequential that... like little movies that led up to like yeah. the big one this kind of felt like they jumped to the big movie and you know that two hour cut that came out in theaters is damn near incomprehensible yeah and this movie it i, I thought it was interesting that in an interview snyder mentioned you know Warn, he came to Warner Brothers and was like, it's going to be four hours. And they kind of laughed and was like, it needs to be two. And he kind of responded to them with, guys, I'm, I need to introduce three characters, give their backstories, give the backstory on a villain, and then introduce this whole giant mythology. And I, I, I get, just watching this movie, I was like, yeah, it makes sense why this needed to be four hours, but also like, there's we get so take much. Time. Yes, it, there's so much like backstory and sort of setting stuff up that needs to happen. That like at a certain point, I was ho- like, "Holy cow, we are like two hours into this movie, and there is like no mention of Superman really." Or, or he didn't something show like up. That. I texted my friend about it. He didn't show up until two hours and fifty minutes into that freaking movie. Yeah, I I texted someone today, and I was like, the. The quote-unquote Avengers equivalent would be like if we got Iron the first two Iron Man movies and then we went straight to the Avengers movie, but the that Avengers movie also had to explain the backstories for like Captain America, Thor, and the Incredible Hulk while doing everything else that that movie is doing. Yeah. And that's kind of here. And or I, I truthfully found the movie sort of dragging in certain places and yeah. it became less sort of like propulsive than it was in that first hour. And I think that's a problem I have with some of Snyder's other cuts. I mean, the the one I thought of was the like, you and I did a podcast last year on Watchmen. Yep. And I remember the, telling like, you I watched cut. the like three hour, 45 minute ultimate cut, which is basically trying to cram in every story beat and every subplot in chronological order that happens in the comic book and you just sort of realize that kind of the same structure that works for like a book like that does not work for a movie and that movie you know the full three hour 30 minute three hour 40 minute ultimate cut of that movie he did really feels like it's just like starting and stopping and starting and stopping and i kind of got a bit of that feeling here up until the last hour, which is basically the climax of the movie and kind of devolves into the typical, like Zack Snyder 
a little bit incomprehensible action, but mm-hmm. I, I just found the last hour to be like, oh, so the last hour is just all set up for more DC movies that we may or may not be getting? Question yeah, mark? is it dead or not? Because, like, I know Ezra Miller's coming back for Flash, but, like, Superman's up in the air because, like... Cavill's gone, right? I His don't know. Up? I think so, but then there's the other one that's getting written right now. The Tanakasi Hoax yeah. one. Yeah, and then there's Reeves's Batman. So yes. there's a new Batman, um, and Birds of Prey completely like, you know, ditch Suicide Squad's universe. And then there's also the new Suicide Squad universe, which is like half new, half not. It's just it's a lot. So it's like I don't I don't know where they're going with this. And they set so much up for a sequel in that final act that I'm like, what's and. I know Zack Snyder said in an interview the other day, he's like, I'm done with the with DC. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's fine. But can we make it seem like you are in the movie? Like, can we just like wrap that up? Because if it's yeah. just, I mean, I don't know. If it's just there because that's how you originally saw it, like, cool. But also you know now that it's not going anywhere, so maybe we should retool it just a smidge to where things just wrap up a little bit cleaner. And and what's what's kind of baffling to me is, like, the Joker sequence is something he it's added. Horrid. Horrible. We're it's, seeing in the movie. <laughs> it's terrible. I I saw some... Okay. I, res- I just respect... Just looks terrible and also, like... Makes no sense. <laughs> Every okay, spoiler alert. It's not that it's not that like consequential of a scene. It's a dream sequence. I have a theory that 99% of dream sequences in any movie, good or bad, could be cut out with zero consequence. It's not it's not major. This was simply to get Jared Leto in there. It felt like a ploy to just be like, "Hey, look, the DCEU's kind of alive because like Margot Robbie's still uh Harley Quinn, but they completely removed jared leto but also remember joaquin phoenix's joker what if we just ignored that it's like pick a pick a narrative that y'all are gonna do and then not only that jared leto's awful in it he's absolutely (laughs) terrible in that glad he got to bring back his uh character from the little things i saw i didn't see the little things before it left hbo max it's basically the joker final sequence that you saw here in this movie i was just like no well i didn't hear anything about a chinese arithmetic in that but i was just like i i just don't i don't get it and it's so terrible and i saw some people some like snyder stands and i'm not talking like casual dc fans i'm talking like the twitter people you avoid literally posting things Saying that it was better than the Dark Knight interrogation sequence? Are you kidding me? Are y'all on crack? Just kidding. That's offensive to people who do crack. Because they probably can't help it. Y'all chose to do that. Y'all chose Uh, to say that and put that out into the universe. I I really have nothing to comment on that scene other than just it, it kind of looks bad. Like... Like it's so, out of it looks, focus yeah. and to the blown and, out. Like, they clearly like no actor is in the same frame as each other, and I I don't know. That's the one scene I found utterly. Still I mean, somehow found a way to get Amber Heard in there doing that freaking 
British accent that I could do a better job with. Uh, Arthur, you have to, the Atlanteans. We need you. It's like she, oh, she isn't she from like Georgia? Like I mean, I'm from Georgia. I could do that better. I've watched enough British movies. She was well. No, I'm not gonna mention. Well, now that continuity doesn't matter in the DC movies, which I'm I'm kind of totally fine with. Like I'd I'd rather we just not have to like make all this stuff fit together and James Gunn can do his like weird suicide squad remake and, and we Matt can Re- keep, keep the yeah. good elements and cut the fat and Matt like, Reeves can do Batman. But what if it was seven, you know? Yeah. I'm, and I'm, I'm also like, I'm cool with like, I don't really know how to feel on Ezra Miller. Cause I feel like some people are like, he's weird and awful, but also I feel like there are some people who are like, no, that's not really the case. I don't know what I, I need to get the scoop on him, but he's very good as the flash. So I'm not mad. I, that I he's like con- yeah. I'm he's, I'm glad he's continuing as the flash. I'm glad Momoa is continuing as Aquaman. Like, you know, I think the good elements are staying and like the elements that are either like good yet tired, like Cavill Superman. I think, I think it's just like, he's been it for yeah. almost, he's been it for eight years now. I think it's just time. He's been. It I mean, I, I like he, Affleck as Batman, and he's returning as Batman for the Flash movie. I think. Okay, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, what what's what's the one that Keaton's coming back for? That one. For also I Flash, I think it's like multiverse, multi universe. Yeah. Okay, I can get into that in the yeah, same way. That I, sounds fun. In the same way, I can get in with the Spider Man thing with like what they're doing with the third one. I'm down with that. I can get. I can get with that because yeah i mean i don't mind i he is by no means my favorite batman but he's also by no means my least favorite batman no definitely not um he luckily has some really horrid predecessors that like even if he just showed up like bruce willis on a set and just read a script and went home like still be better than clooney or honestly even kilmer i don't mind forever but i don't like kilmer as batman uh i don't either yeah i don't really like that movie either but it's wild. I like the supporting cast, but I don't like Kilmer. Yeah, I love like, Carrie in it. I remember like loving him in that as that being the one thing I really liked in that movie yeah, as a kid. Carrie, Tommy Lee Jones and Nicole Kidman are like the three things I like about that movie in its style. I just love I like 90s Batman style, even yeah. Batman and Robin. It's just like it's just campy, literal comic book Mm-hmm. looking stuff also kiss from a rose was the, the was the oh uh, true killer soundtrack such a great such a great soundtrack so you know it's kind of like 50 shades of gray where it's like honestly if it, even if like i don't really watch the movie that often at least i can come back to the soundtrack well but, i think i think just to kind of wrap up the the general thoughts i think i have on this movie i you know weirdly i think the dc movie i would compare it to is um birds of prey in the sense that like i didn't mind watching it i was never like bored but i think when i got to the end i was like that felt like 75 percent lead up to about like 25 percent of movie at the very end yeah but at least birds of prey was only an hour and 40 minutes long and it yes, was a mega <laughs> stallion song so like i liked i liked birds of prey i thought it was fun and like um yeah, I I don't know what I would compare it to. It's a, I I feel like it is a genuinely unique experience of a movie, even if it's not one that I particularly enjoyed that much. I mean, it's hard yeah, to say I didn't fair. enjoy it because there was a fair amount that I did. It just like devolved into something I very much so didn't by like the final hour. Or so, 
Um, there are good elements. I think, like, I think especially if you hated Justice League, like, theatrical, I do think it's worth watching if only to just wash that sour taste out of your mouth. Like, yeah. even if it's faint, it's just like, at least there was something there. There's still mess in the in the midst of it all. But there's something there. So I that think a more interesting mess. Much more interesting, than... much better looking, and, like, just a little bit more fleshed out. I think, like, the pace, it's, it's so long. It doesn't need to be this long. The pacing is literally the exact opposite problem as the theatrical cut. But mm-hmm. also... I'd rather a film feel overly padded and drawn out than completely incomplete. Yeah. Like definitely. this might feel too complete in a sense. And I'm, I'm cool with that. I, I, you know, I can walk away feeling like, you know what? I like, I, I took in as much of that movie as they wanted me to justice league theatrical. I was just like, could you call that a movie? Like in the technical sense, I don't think so. so. Let's talk a little bit about Snyder as a a filmmaking force or a filmmaking presence. You know, this is not the only Snyder movie we're getting this year. I actually think the zombie movie kind of looks pretty good. I do too. I love Dawn of the Dead's great, and I think it looks it looks stupid and campy, like like a, a casino heist and zombies. Like those are two genres that do not have to take themselves seriously at all. And I'm down with that. I'm cool. Like I, would you, I th- would you say the Dawn of the dead remake is his best movie? Cause I, I, I think it is. Um, I feel like that's my pick. Like, I feel like that's the, you the... know, I have a soft spot for Watchmen. I do like Watchmen a lot. Um, I would say, I would say that or Watchmen. I also have a soft spot for Sucker Punch, but at least I have the foresight to know that Sucker Punch is not good. I just like it. It's yeah, like, um, Sucker Punch, a movie I saw 10 minutes of and then began questioning all of my life decisions. So yeah, I'll leave it's that like, there. <laughs> this is a mess. I love it. But also it's like, oh, so you think it's a good movie? No, I just love it. Like, yeah, I, I feel like the answer, like I feel like my answer is Dawn of the Dead, which... I haven't seen it in a while, but, and you know, it's not as great as the George uh, Romero version, but, you know, I think is, is There's fun. There's so many, it, so many worse remakes yeah, out there. Yeah, it's, it's like, fun in its sort of, like, nastiness. Um, yeah. And, like, again, zombies, zombies in a mall. That's fun. Zombies in a casino. That's fun. I can't imagine, like, and this is what, this is an original movie, too. It's not a remake. So, like, I think there's more yeah. le- there's more leeway he could take to make it more creative, but there's also more leeway for him to take to make it bullshit. So who knows? It sounds like he's trying to turn it into a franchise for Netflix. Is what I can't is argue the sense with that. that I get, which you know, you know, good on him considering he had this kind of bad experience doing like a comic book franchise with another studio, and then now we he gets to kind of do his franchises. Whole... We don't have them right now. Because, yeah. like, so many of them are, like, on hold or had shitty remakes in the ten- 2010s. So it's like, you know, I don't need, like, all of these 1980s movies to get reboots. Like, make some original things. Even if it is just, like, a twist of the, you know, the Romero, like, on the, de- or, like, of the dead formula. You know, at least he's proven before that he can do it. Yeah. It was so, 17 I mean... years ago, but he proved that he can do it. So, you know, when you think of Snyder, what 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 kind of comes to your mind? Like, like if you got to do like the deep, the deep dive critical reading of him as a filmmaker, because I do think while a lot of his stuff does not work for me, like he has a very 
clear voice as a as a filmmaker. Yeah, I mean, I would say Sucker Punch is always the first one I think of because I think it's just the Snyderiest of Snyder Snyderisms. Like it's mm-hmm. just like it's just big action that's very modern action he is not afraid of cgi by any means but i think he is someone who like understands how to use it at this point even if it is like overwrought and sometimes like oh that's a lot but it's kind of fun um it's one of those movies where it's just like if you're here for the narrative i don't know what to tell you but if you're here to watch someone make like I guess for lack of a better term, just like machismo action movie. But even then it's not really that macho because Sucker Punch is a very feminine movie, but also like, it's just very much so like, it's not machismo in the sense of like the expendables, but it has this very like, like fantasy of a teenage boy element to it. There's like a childlike element with Snyder that I think he has evolved but it's still there and sometimes can get the best of him. I think him taking himself seriously is kind of the worst thing he can try to do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of what didn't work about a lot of the DC movies he did. And what I think might work about, um, about uh, army of the dead. It's also kind of why I don't really like Watchmen as much as like, I think that movie looks amazing like i just feel like he is not interested in the things that are like you know his movie is sort of becomes the very thing that i feel like the the comic is sort of satirizing and criticizing of like that's he is interested in it he is not interested in it as this sort of like critical text on superhero archetypes or you know as or like 1980s politics he's interested in it as like oh i get to do a superhero movie with blood and boobs in it yeah um i I think 300 to me is like the most honest movie he's ever made in the sense of like that's the one that i it comes to mind for me of like it is incredibly stylish visually it there is an aspect of it that is like these godlike incredibly masculine like almost cartoonishly masculine heroes and um you know i think is a movie that has very um has a lot of great images in it, but I don't always feel like he understands the images he's putting together. Like, you know, 300, there's been a lot of like great writing this past week about kind of like critical theory on Zack Snyder's movies and people, you know, like Adam Naiman at the ringer kind of pointing out like 300 is a movie. Like, you know, when he says like my inspiration for that movie was like the Sistine chapel, like it kind of looks that good, but also like has some really, really effed up politics that I'm not really quite sure he kind of like understands the kind of like what the images are saying. It's just sort of like this looks cool. I don't know. That's kind of a similar thing with like Watchmen of like it's, oh, it looks cool for Night Owl to sort of like break this dude's arm and blood to shoot everywhere. But then that also kind of like 
goes against what the text is actually saying for that um superhero story and you know there's lots of video essays out there people like patrick h willems and um that you know people have broken down sort of like batman versus superman and man of steel kind of being these movies that are built on these kind of like great trailer moments but i mean this is sparta is like the trailer moment to end all trailer moments yeah, I think of him as like a great visual stylist, but I think is not always um there's not always a whole lot of intent or sometimes the intent is sort of like misleading as far as like what those images are saying if that makes any sense. Yeah. Can I make a controversial yet brave statement about 300? Uh sure. I'm trying to figure out what this might be. <laughs> I think the sequel was much better. Oh, I mean, I, I haven't I seen Rise either of... in so long that I don't, I don't, I don't know how to respond to that. So sure, I think, I think Rise of an Empire is a prettier, more engaging movie than Three Hundred is, and I know that's like kind of heresy in the sense of like it wasn't directed by Snyder, it doesn't have Gerard Butler in it, it does have Eva Green in it though, and uh, Lena Headey's still in it. So like, you know, good female cast, but like, I. Yeah, I really, really like Rise of an Empire more than I like uh more than I like the original. Isn't it wild that that was like seven such years a ago? cultural phenomenon oh. at one point in time? Oh yeah, three hundred was huge, and then Rise of an Empire came out, and it was like like just sizzled, just not like no one talked about it, and I was like, y'all, this is the better movie. Come on. Well, and then the you know I feel like the one movie we haven't mentioned, which I watched some clips from this past week. Is this the Owl movie? It's the Owl movie, and you know what? It's like unmistakably a Zack Snyder movie. It's owls and these like very like painterly, <laughs> like slow motion action sequences, and the owls are like you know have these grovelly voices and are talking about how they're like powerful masculine warriors and stuff yeah. like that i remember it's, it, it's like it came out at with like, owls it came out like at i don't know if it was like the because it came out in 2010 and that was like the height of 3d and i remember this being like that being one of the movies that like actually did it well because like obviously you know animation kind of fares well fares better with that but i remember it being yeah. like really stunning in that regard i have not seen it since i've like, never seen all. it either although i have a kind of like perverse fascination to it's such a strange warrior movie strange choice and like i mean i can understand if you produced it but like directed that's just weird i mean i guess like i mean if you think about it this was warner brothers and village roadshow who also produced george miller's happy feet and happy feet <laughs> 2 which like happy feet 2 is pretty good happy feet 1 is an abomination <laughs> what i yeah. would say the opposite no want, brad, okay, brad pitt and matt damon as krill is just like an incredible flex yeah i mean i don't dislike happy feet too but i also did watch it on the deck of a cruise ship so i don't remember that much of it um mm. but i but like also at the same time like uh happy feet 2 makes me sad because britney murphy died in between the first two movies so they had to replace her voice and they replaced her mm. with pink and i love pink but she's not britney murphy no one's yeah. britney murphy except for britney murphy i miss britney murphy R.I.P. 
Well, let's maybe transition from Snyder, and I I think the last thing for us to talk about is kind of, you know, the fan culture around this movie that got us to this point. Wait, before um, we get to that, we didn't actually talk about it. What did you think about this movie being in 4x3? Um, definitely a choice. Yeah, it, it wasn't as bad as I expected it to be, but also I was like, we don't, what? It was very weird that as soon as I turned the movie off, First Cal was just like on TV, like on Showtime or something, like as soon as I cut the, the Snyder cut off. And, I, and, you know, First Cal is also in the same aspect ratio. And so I just watched like 20 minutes of First Cal. And I love that movie. And I was like, this just like I'm 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 fascinated by Snyder's choice to put his movie in this aspect ratio. But I I don't think it works. And maybe it's because we're not seeing it in the full sort of like on an IMAX IMAX screen how he was intending. But just I think there's something about an an epic story like he has constructed in such a kind of like enclosed aspect ratio that just it 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 goes back to my similar thing of like he makes very distinct visual choices but then like when i'm watching them i'm always just like i don't i don't think that's worry uh, that's working or i don't know that you realize that this is kind of like fascist or something like that. not it yeah i mean he wants to i mean his other movie like other than army of the dead that he wants to do is the fountainhead so like yes which he says he wants to do because it's just like sex and architecture which like that that kind of sums up sir like that that really puts into perspective how much you read into stuff because you also made Watchmen, and like like if you read something like ayn rand and you just see it as sex and architect i mean it's basically just being like atlas shrugged is about trains yeah, it's like exactly it's like it's not really though i mean it is about trains but maybe mm. you'll just maybe you'll misrepresent it so badly that it's like gonna be watchable yeah but as of right now i'm not leaning towards that um yeah it wasn't it wasn't it was yeah. a choice definitely i mean it, it the, works the, on my tv for something as quiet and kind of intimate and kind of sort of like set in the past as first cal yeah. But for, you know, my big sweeping superhero blockbuster, it it just sort of seemed I got used to it. But then there were, you know, obviously sections of it where I would, you know, notice the 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 black bars on the side of my TV and just be like, very strange. It's just very strange. That this yeah, is, like, I should have watched it a... on my I should have watched it on my iPad because that's like at an actual four three screen. But I was yeah. also like, I need to watch this like on my big tv downstairs with my dolby atmos soundbar like i need like the experience with it and uh yeah it was a it was a choice i do i mean at this point i just hope the black and white version has like a has like a vintage warner brothers logo at the beginning that's all i need that's all they can that do that warner brothers logo is the is the it's, ugliest thing i've ever I, seen <laughs> it's not great i don't like it i miss the other one it's also like that new mgm logo it makes me want to just oh i hate it like more cgi does not mean better that new mgm logo is horrible and like that and there it's gonna be in front of no time to die too which just makes me so sad but but yeah moving on to the the fan the fans of this movie this this is a complicated thing to talk about because i i i know people who are part of this who are very very like genuine and good nature and just wanted someone they love 
as a filmmaker to, you know, release the version of the movie that they wanted to see and that he wanted to put out. And that I think is wonderful and joyous. There is... I think they're lovely. Yes. Um, I think they're all, I think they're all just wonderful people. I think that they did um, a great job and I'm very scared of them. So uh, your movie was fabulous. Congrats y'all. Um, I think what we're just trying to touch on is there, this whole movement kind of, or I, I should say the campaign to get this movie released it went to noble to terrible back to noble sort of yeah it kind of became a poster child for a specific breed of kind of hysterical online fan discourse and you know i i think this isn't solely a dc thing you know i look at what's happened with the star wars movies like or marvel or Marvel of like, you know, as upset as people got, you know, I don't want to relitigate the Martin Scorsese thing, but like as upset as people got a few years ago that Martin Scorsese was like, these movies aren't my bag. Like he didn't say they were bad. He was just like, it's not what I like to watch. And, you know, the Star Wars stuff of how, you know, I don't think it's reached the Mandalorian unless you're just like a Gina Carano stan for some reason. (laughs) But, you know, who? (laughs) <laughs> yeah for real like i remember i think you and i and like a couple of friends of ours like texting saying i you and i definitely talked about like the lead up to rise of skywalker should not have felt like the lead up to a presidential election it literally i was like if this goes bad there's gonna be riots yeah and it did go bad and there weren't riots but there might as well have been it's just that everyone was kind of like and eh, that was bad and so there was no reason to fight about it <laughs> yeah well i mean it was just because the the reaction to last jedi was so bad from you know i mean yeah no, it wasn't that bad i mean it, it wasn't great but like it was i mean that's the thing i think a lot of people forget that like there's really not the like that many toxic fans no it's just that the toxic fans are loud as hell yeah, and there is an aspect of the Snyder Cut thing. I, you know, I've been thinking about this a bit macro that's like, you know, th- this happened with Game of Thrones as well of like... But wasn't Game were... of Thrones like actually terrible, like the end of it? I didn't watch Game oh, of Thrones. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, the last, the last season kind of like <laughs> ran into a similar Justice League theatrical cut problem of like a lot of material trying to be compressed into a short amount of time and just yeah. plot plot developments feeling very jarring but yeah you know i people i don't know that i think the snyder cut thing kicked off this attitude in certain fan corners of just like people being so invested with a particular property and if that property doesn't deliver on what you want then it like there were campaigns offense. to remake Last Jedi. There were campaigns to redo the last season. Fire of Game Kathleen of Thrones. Kennedy. I mean, there's still campaigns yeah. for that. Like, I mean, there was that investors meeting. Did you see that investors meeting where, uh, like, the guy was like, I, I "Are you I don't watch investing stuff?" <laughs> no, it, it was a clip. Yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing, but like, it was like this guy coming on. It was it was just like a voice call, and he asked Bob Chapek like. Um, are you gonna fire Kathleen Kennedy for what she's done to Star Wars? And he was like, 
hi greetings and salutations sir he's that that was something i thought was very funny he was like no we think kathleen kennedy's doing a great job but thank you for your input it was like <laughs> yeah it was like we're not firing her she's doing a pretty good job you just don't like it and you feel like you're entitled to something different it is i mean it, and it is a form of entitlement in a sense because i feel i feel like a lot of the snyder cut people were not campaigning for it because they truly cared about Zack snyder getting retribution or not even retribution but like closure on something that he had such an, an emotional investment in that was marred in so much tragedy i think a mm-hmm. lot of them did that and you can tell the ones that are in it for yeah that. i would agree but you know it's the ones who are really who were really touched i mean i think everyone was really touched by the final title card being for autumn and, and yeah the movie. definitely but but you can tell the difference between people who want that for him and people who want something different for themselves yes and i, I think, would agree and those are the toxic ones those are the ones that i think are really i but there's also some that i think it it becomes almost a cult of personality in a sense mm-hmm. too that i saw a lot with snyder of like snyder's the greatest visionary ever to live i'm like really because y'all weren't talking about that when his other movies came out yeah i'm like it's I'd... just now it's just because like it, it, it's this twitter stand thing that i just don't understand like and it, it used to just be for like boy bands and shit like it just used to be like that and then it transformed into k-pop and i was just like i mean they're all teenage girls it's fine like i mean they're all just they're all young people they're all like these kids who don't know any better but then it's like now it's happening to everything everyone has stands everyone has accounts that are dedicated to one certain thing and that they're just like vehement about and then you discover so much of it they're not teenagers they're grown men who are throwing Mm. tantrums on the internet about things like that i mean granted toxicity is not just a straight male or straight white male thing there are plenty of like you know like you know trans women of color who probably are very problematic with it as well but you know again like most situations who are the loudest voices in the room they're the ones that i think a lot of people find the easiest to pigeonhole, which also pisses mm-hmm. them off. But it's, it, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of infuriating because it's like, let him do this because he wants to do it or he feels like he could get some closure on tragedy because of it. Mm-hmm. Don't do it because you feel like you deserve it. Don't, don't, don't make him do it because you feel like you want a better dc movie and i feel like a lot of it is that because you see it with not it's not just dc it's marvel it's star wars it's so many different franchises at this point that like yeah and i think that feeds into you know an attitude amongst some people of like i want the dirty r-rated version of of this which is sort of like i want the thing i fell in love with as a child you know patrick h willems has a really great video essay on kind of the idea of r-rated superheroes and because the dc stuff this was as barely late... r-rated hmm? this was barely r-rated oh yeah 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 justice I mean, league that that one wonder they woman action twice. sequence that was rough but it was also the, one of the best parts of the movie too. that is true that was in that kind of kick-ass first hour but yeah. you know i think in his youtube video he kind of like breaks down sort of the 
not that having kind of R-rated superhero stories is necessarily a bad thing, but noticing this sort of odd trend and it wanting the stories and characters to sort of age with a particular demographic that is like mostly in power now, and but that is sort of alienating it to a younger audience. Like yeah. I, I remember walking out of Batman versus Superman, and my first comment was just like would you take a child to that? Like, I no. don't. <laughs> uh-uh. And that was PG-13. I know the yeah. ultimate cut was R, but, like, I mean, I think there are some aspects where, it, like, it works. Like, I mean, obviously we saw it in the Wolver- in, uh, yeah, Wolverine where, it, where, like, Deadpool, you can't do that PG-13. You just no. can't. I think, like, something like birds of prey as well where it was like we saw how they did it pg-13 so let's do it r see if it makes a difference and it's like i think it did i think that sort of character works for something like that i think something like i don't think wolverine always has to be rated r but i think for the story they were telling in logan it had to be rated r Mm -hmm. so because it wasn't you know it's not like there aren't other wolverine movies to yeah. watch that kids can watch it's not like kids can't go watch the dark knight and see heath ledger's performance and be robbed of like seeing the joker on screen just because they can't go see joker because it was rated r i don't really know how much that movie needed to be super rated r but like whatever go off i don't really care yeah that much. I'm, it was I'm a low, fine. it was a low budget movie yeah and i'm sort it, of fine with like one-off stuff being like that but then i think how what kind of willems mentions in the essay is it it's it's weird when the mainstream thing is yeah. intentionally alienating children and like i've heard this in star wars stuff too of like I've heard so many Star Wars fans being like, I want the R-rated Darth Vader movie. And I would always be like, why? Like, who? Why do you need that? <laughs> Literally, um, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones were rated PG in a time that PG-13 movies were very much so alive and well. It wasn't until Revenge of the Sith that it got PG-13. And it's like, you guys realize that you guys have never needed that. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not the content that makes something feel adult or even poignant. I feel like that's what it's missing. It's like, it's empty. It's empty violence. It's empty, like touchy content or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't have much weight to it. While if you look at something like, you know, the Nolan Batman movies, they're dark, they're heavy. They hit, they bruise, they hurt. All three of them are PG-13. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Because it's not, it's like you don't see Batman breaking someone's arm and like it completely snapping in half and you see the bone come out. It's like, you don't need to see that. You know that he's probably doing that. But it's Or like, I don't want to think about that as I'm watching it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like that heavy air that weighs you down of like of just that that atmosphere that I think makes a movie so much more than just its content. And I think, and, and, and I say content in the sense of like, you know, violent content, sexual content. I feel like there's so much that like people automatically assume a rating means something. And it's like, yeah. you know, like there can be movies like, I mean, I think of something like last year, I was thinking about this movie this morning, like Emma. Mm-hmm. a movie pretty much made for i would say a mostly adults maybe younger yeah. younger adults with like a pension for like uh british stuff but also much older adults 
one i mean other than that one scene where he gets changed and you see his butt pretty much a g-rated movie right but not a kid's movie meanwhile i think you see something like that whole trend during the mid-2000s of like those dirty like american pie sequels or Mm, whatever mm -hmm. yeah super rated r yeah childish though yes so it, it's not it, it, it there's not a one-to-one correlation with it and i think a lot of people especially a lot of people in fandoms want that when in reality i think what they should be asking for is people to take them or take their content a little bit more seriously than just content and now i mean that in both the content that makes the rating but also content yeah you know respect it don't treat it as just a corporate like idea yeah and i feel like you're it's just gonna get worse if like people don't start kind of putting their backs into into these into these like individual quote original storylines well and that spirit hunter um would you recommend someone watch the snyder cut um yeah i would actually i can't believe i'm saying that i really can't believe i'm saying that but like especially if you've seen the original justice league it's like you kind of owe it to yourself to do it because you really like they it's very almost jarring yeah how much different it is and how much you're like wow warner brothers really fucked him over it's like or like just in general just the whole thing of it um and it's just like you might not like it because i think it's like inherently i just don't think that i love this universe that much but if you saw even like a hint of potential in the original i think you're gonna find at least something that you'll enjoy in this not my favorite i don't hate it i don't really love or even like it that much but like there are parts of it that first hour was lit I think it's a much better looking movie. I think it is something like if you have liked Snyder's movies in the past, I think you're going to find something to like there. It's just it, it it's just going to come down to personal preference and how much you're into the whole like universe of it all that will determine just how much of it you like. Yeah, I'd I'd say if you're expecting Steppenwolf to be a canine with really cool dance moves. It's probably not a movie for you. Um, but <laughs> fuck you. I hate that. But, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd say, you know, I don't know if, if, if it's something you're at all curious about and you got four hours, um, there's probably worse ways to spend your time. Uh, if yeah. you have zero investment in this stuff, um, I don't know. It's not like the second coming of Christ or something like that. No. 